0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ah, yes, that familiar tune is back, folks, which means we're back in action for another year. Welcome to the morning show, and it means that the two-way conversation starts again. It's you and I, the whole lot of us, all in it together for another year of sport. Really looking forward to this one. Had a great break. Got back into it last night at the SCG for the Big Bash and we'll have a little bit more on that with my man Dougie Bollinger. So he's going to join me. He was with me in the commentary box last night. I need to know if Doug got out of the precinct quicker than I did. What on earth is going on with what used to be the Fox Entertainment Centre car park? (laughs) 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 I mean, welcome back to Sydney. Welcome back to work, everyone. Come on in, watch a ripping show out at the SCG and then sit around and don't go anywhere for 30 minutes. Can we work out some boom gates? It's not hard. Cars come up, gates go up, car goes out. Everything moves. Not last night, but that's just a minor problem. Thanks for your company on SEN 1170am, wherever you're tuning in on the SEN app. It appears as though we're going to have some fun this Monday morning. Thanks to Julian King and Michael Carianas for kicking it off this morning as well. Our forecast for Sydney as we start, as we always do, with the weather mostly sunny today and 28 degrees. Some showers are forecast, but not until the back end of the week. it's been muggy in Sydney, and that's for somebody who spent the last couple of weeks over in the UK. Um, Came back from a trip over to London, which I'll share with you a little bit later on, and straight back into the mugginess. It's not so much the heat, it's the humidity that gets you. You go from wearing a beanie scarf, jacket and uh, gloves to boardies and T-shirt and sweat like a fool. But uh, good break had by all, so I hope you had one as well. Uh, let's start with some NRL news because there's a bit around this morning and reports that Newcastle are about to sign officially Lockie Miller from the Sharks. So this deal has been in the wind and I want your thoughts on this. The Daily Tele reporting that Newcastle on the verge of securing Miller. So that allows them to move Kalen Ponga into the halves into number six. And Cronulla have been reluctant to go through with this deal, but It appears as though it's going to be done. No official deal has been struck, the telly says, but Miller will join them on a three-year contract, and that is expected to be finalised in the next couple of weeks. Former Rugby Seven star, of course, is 28 years of age. And the flip to this is that there could be a player swap between the Sharks and the Knights to get the transaction done. So if you read between the lines here, the deal has been agreed, and it's a three-year deal for Miller, who I'm pretty sure has... Um, A youngster on board, so a young family, and can get some good sort of, you know, solid deal beneath him and head off to the Newcastle Knights and play fullback permanently. So it's a long-term offer that secures his future. However, if they can work out who could be the player swap, then they could get it done. So what does that mean for Newcastle this year? And what does it mean for your... Thoughts on where the Knights could finish. They finished 14th in 2022. Adam O'Brien had his hands full. We all know how this season ended up for Caelan Ponga, both on and off the field. And now they've made up their mind clearly that he's going to be number six. So he's number six. Jackson Hastings at number seven. And now Lockie Miller at one. It's not a bad looking spine. There are those that say you don't put Caelan Ponga in the firing line the amount of injuries and head knocks, et cetera, that he's had. But my opinion is with Caelan Ponga, your best player in the team, he needs to have his hands on the ball as much as he can. He needs to be in that front line as much as he can. He's now got Jackson, Jackson Hastings alongside of him. So they're starting to get those numbers together around six, seven and one that they want. Does that move the needle at all for you? When you look at the Newcastle Knights now, do you say they're a top eight contender because of those little pieces of the puzzle that are falling into place, do they finish higher than 14th in 2023? Let me know your thoughts around that one. Is Ponga a good choice in your opinion at number six? I think so. 0457736736 736 on the text line, or 1300011170 is the open line. Then, of course, we've got Tom Trebojevic in the US for his rehab stint with injury specialist Bill Knowles. More on that in just a sec. But I reckon you can forget about these calls and this headline that Manly should cut him loose if the rehab doesn't work. Forget about it. It's a good headline, but it's not a story, not now. It's way too early. Yes, the numbers in terms of how much Tom Trubojevic has been playing are a worry for sure. Seven games last year, 18 games the year before, seven the year before that, and 12 back in 2019. Tom Trubojevic is one of the best players in the game and he's paid a lot of money along the way by Manly. He's on a long-term deal there. Cut him loose? No. Forget about it. It's not a conversation right now. Rework his deal, maybe, in a couple of years. If another season starts to go astray, if the injuries do start to really become a problem, what is he, 26 years of age now? Rework the deal? Yes. Perhaps have a look at that. As Michael Karianas quite rightly pointed out on the Brecky Show... Sure, you could talk about cutting him loose. Guess what? There's a whole stack of other clubs who'll sign him up. No problems about it. So it's also about the market. As I said, it is not a conversation now at all. What is a conversation for me is Bill Knowles. Who is this mystery man? What's the magic potion that he's got going over there in the US? Latrell Mitchell goes over, comes back refreshed, ready to rip, tears apart. Looking great. Ryan Pappenhausen's over there getting his knee looked at. Tommy Turbo now. So what has this American specialist got that those in Australia don't? We have got some of the leading sports scientists, physiotherapists, chiropractors, rehabilitation specialists going around. Yet for some reason we need to send these athletes on a plane and head them over to the US, get them out of the bubble. Perhaps that's part of it and head them over to Bill Knowles, where he works his magic on them, sends them back all refreshed. It's become a good deal for the club, for the player, and for the sponsors. So if you look at it in that sense, there's an outcome here that has started to become part of this modern trade of sending somebody over to somebody like Bill Knowles. Latrell Mitchell. Ingenia Holiday Parks tipped in 45000 to help with the cost of getting him, getting him over there. And a documentary. There's your key. Documentary. Turbo. When Manly made the announcement, Shore and Partners, one of their current sponsors, was put forward as those that were helping part of this, and they will be sponsoring this trip. A videographer is going over. Doco. Being done. Ryan Pappenhausen, not sure at the moment, trying to get to the bottom of that, but in some of the video that I've seen, he's wearing a grilled beanie, current sponsor of the Melbourne Storm. So there's a deal here. There's a little mini industry going on where you can say, hang on a second, we can take our player away from this environment. We can get him over to somebody who knows how to do it. But along the way, you're not going to get that if you send him down to Brookvale or if you send him down to Carring Bar or if you send him down to Carlton North down there in Melbourne. You're not going to get that kind of documentary and that kind of sponsorship help along the way. It's a long bow, yeah, but it's a fact that these sponsors are kicking in to get these players over there. If it all works out in the end, then it's all worth it. Give me your opinion on that, 0457 736 736. Are we missing a trick here? And who's the Bill Knowles in Australia? And why on earth isn't he or she sticking his or her hand up saying, come here for half the price? And my other question around that is, Even if he's fit, if Tom Trebojevic comes back fit, fully fit, do you start him in round one against the Bulldogs at Four Pines Park? So think of the bigger picture here. The Seagulls, under new coach Anthony Seabold, would love to have Tom Trebojevic rolling out in game number one. Why? Because chances are they win when he's on the park. And the stats will tell you and back those up. However... Week two for the Seagulls is a bye. So do you risk parking Tommy T for the first round and get an extra week or two out of his rehab at the risk of possibly going down against the Bulldogs, or do you just come out with a bang? I mean, it's an interesting one when you put it into that scenario and that picture, that broader picture, especially with Cameron Seraldo in charge at the Bulldogs. New signings there, Reid Marnie, Viliama Kikau. So a new look Bulldogs will front up to 4 Pines Park in round one. Do they face Tom Trebojevic? Do you put him in cotton wool for another week knowing that you've got the bye in round two? Let me know your thoughts. 0457 736 736. The tennis? Well, the Australian Open gets underway in less than two hours now. SEN commentator Brett Phillips will join us. He'll be in the bunker later on tonight. Full coverage on SEN of the Australian Open. I love these two weeks of the year and BP will have a front-row seat quite literally in the bunker on centre court. The odds coming into this one will Novak Djokovic, his clear favourite in the men's, to win his 10th tournament at Melbourne Park. He's $1.83. Daniil Medvedev, finalist last year, $6.50, and Nick Kyrgios and Rafa at $15, going into day one, week one, of the first Grand Slam event of the year. The women's, Iga Sviantek, $3.30. Now, I jumped when I saw that. Because she should be clear favourite. And at 3 bucks 30 is a fair bit of value. Arena Sabalenka at $7.50. Jess Pagula, 11 bucks. Caroline Garcia and Coco Goff at $12. The schedule for today, so it'll get underway at 11 o'clock. First match starting on Rod Laver Arena and then around the precinct itself. It's quite fascinating when you're down there for the first week of the Australian Open because everything's in play. Rod Laver Arena, Margaret Court. John Kane Arena, and then everything else around it. So there's this incredible buzz. And then as each day goes on, one player per match goes out. So you start to lose a whole stack of people. And the courts start to get quieter and quieter. And you start to get towards week two when it really picks up again in terms of intensity. Coco Goff will be first out there, the seventh seed against Katarina Siniakova. Rafael Nadal, not before 2.30. So Rafa in the afternoon match. He's got Jack Draper. Rafa comes into this one as the defending champion at 36 years of age with more majors than anyone else in men's tennis. 22 majors, we know that. But he's lost six of his last seven matches. Is he up for this one? Jack Draper could spring an almighty upset today. He's 21 years of age. He made the semis of the Adelaide International, so he's looking good at the moment but he's got to face somebody who will not go away on the other side, regardless of the conditions and regardless of the form. With somebody like Rafa, you take all that away. If it's anyone else, you look at the form guide and say, I don't know. If it's Rafael Nadal at the Australian Open in a first Grand Slam event of the year, I reckon you wipe all that and start again. It's going to be an interesting one. The night session, Spiontech against Julie Niemener from Germany, at seven o'clock, so Iga Swiatek comes off the back of 2022, where she won eight titles, including Roland Garros and the U.S. Open, against the world number 68 in Dmuna, who reached the quarters at Wimbledon last year. And then the second match on center court tonight, Daniil Medvedev against Marcus Giron from the USA. So that's the lineup today. The Aussies in action. We've got six Aussies on day one: Jason Kubler, Taylor Gibson, John Millman, Olivia Gadecki, Storm Hunter. And Rinky Hijikata will all be in action today from John Cain uh, arena, arena, rather out to court three, out to court seven and court eight as well. And then there's Nick Kyrgios. So we got to wait until day two to get the Kyrgios show up and running. And it will be on his favourite court at his favourite time slot, seven o'clock. He likes it over there on John Cain Arena because it's noisy, because it isn't as stuffy as centre court. And he just likes the fact that he can go next door and let rip. He's got Roman Safulin, who's ranked number 98 in the world. So there's no doubt about it, folks, especially with no Ash Barty. Yes, Sam Stos is going to be there and she'll retire at the end of this one. Isla Tomljanovic is out. All of the focus would have been on Nick Kyrgios anyway. It's even more so now. So what are his expectations of the two weeks, assuming he can go deep, Ahead at the Australian Open, I think the U.S. Open was hard. Really, I think really hard for me because every match I was playing, last match on, so I wasn't getting to sleep until three, four a.m. every night, which was incredibly hard. You know, that's hard for anyone. So I think it's just at a Slam, you just can't get too invested. Um, you know, if you lose a set, you got to just try and put it back and, and just forget about it and just keep going, keep moving. You got to do everything right, tick all the boxes, but. I just know at the end of the two weeks, if, if things go well or, you know, things don't go well, I'm going to be emotionally exhausted after this. I need to look after myself all the time. I need to make sure that I'm, you know, getting right amount of sleep. I need to just, you know, I'm a human at the end of the day and it can take so much. So, yeah, I just, I just know going into it, it's going to be tiring. Tiring's the word. I've witnessed it firsthand. Now, we have a crack at our tennis players for spitting the dummy and all that kind of stuff, and it's only a game of tennis. Let me tell you, two weeks, if you go deep into a major... It's, it is tiring, especially with the heat down there at Melbourne and what they've got to get through. If you're going to go through five sets, you have your work cut out for you. So it's a good insight from Nick Curios. a mature response from Nick Curios under that one. Have you caught the doco break point yet on Netflix? I haven't seen it. And if so, with episode one featuring Kyrgios, has it got you more engaged in tennis and the US Open and more engaged in Curios? Let me know if you've seen it, what your thoughts are. I thought Andrew Webster put it really well the other day about the amount of sports documentaries that are around. He said, we're getting to the stage where the only sports documentaries left to do will be a sports documentary about sports documentaries. (laughs) We're getting down that road at the moment. Cricket, we'll talk that this morning, as I said, with Dougie Bollinger. I was at the SCG last night calling the Sixers against the Scorchers and the Sydney Sixers beat Perth for the first time in six matches. They won by six runs. Sean Abbott led the way with the ball, 3-for-18. He was brilliant. Steve Smith was back, and the crowd loved it. He made his return to the BBL for the first time in three seasons with 36 off 27 and opened the batting. Meanwhile, the game before the Hobart Hurricanes beat the Sydney Thunder, they won by five wickets. It's the Thunder's third straight loss, and Nathan Ellis took a hat-trick, 4-for-27 he finished up with. But there was that push and shove between Davey Warner and Matthew Wade. Now, if you're going to pick two Bulldogs to go into a fight in cricket and you had your pick of the hundreds of players that are out there. I reckon at the end of it, remember the old schoolyard stuff? I love him. I love him. I love him. Guess who you reckon you go for first? I'll have Warner. Okay. You've got Warner. I'll have Wade. Let's put them against each other. It was an interesting one. It was off the back of a Chris Green over and Tim David was in the middle of it as well. So we'll hear from Chris Green about that. The women's one day international series starts today at Allen Border Field, 11 uh, o'clock thereabouts for that, Australia v. Pakistan. So Meg Lanning returns as captain for Australia after taking a break and working in a coffee shop. Game two is on Wednesday, and game three will be at North Sydney Oval on Saturday. And NFL this morning, Benny Graham will join us. Wild card round, some amazing results across the weekend. The Bills this morning have defeated the Dolphins 34 points to 31. So we'll keep you up to date with all of that. And I need to know, what have I missed in the last month? I've had my head as much as I can around everything, but I have been away and I've been gone from uh, this studio for the last month. So what have I missed? What has been your best sporting moment of the summer so far? Davies 200? The double century? Let me know. What's been the best sporting moment of the summer so far and what have I missed? one one 1170 is the open line number or hit me up on the text 0457-736-736 as you can see. There's a truckload in front of us this morning. We're back in action on the morning show. Come and be part of it after this.